What's up, honey? I'm Sadi Simone. For years, I was looking for a spiritual sanctuary, but never felt like I fit into the wellness space. I was so turned off by the idea that I had to fit into what spirituality should look like or should sound like, I carved out a niche of my own. By embracing my spiritual sassy nature, I became an embodied permission slip to allow others to do the same. Spiritually sass is owning where you fall on the many spectrums of life, living in the complex gray areas between normal and nonconformist. Whether you identify as plain vanilla or sparkly rainbow gelato, my community welcomes and celebrates you in all your delicious potential. This podcast is for people longing for an avant-garde awakening. On the Spiritually Sassy Show, we're going to explore and celebrate what it means to show up in your full power, feeling fabulous, looking fabulous, and making a fabulous impact together. One guest at a time, we're revolutionizing and redefining what it means to be spiritual in today's modern world. This episode is brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. As I graduate myself, the health coaching certification has been a huge ally for me to be where I'm at today. Are you curious to learn more or thinking of kicking off a new chapter in your career? Head over to the show notes and click the link to get a delicious, massive discount of $2,000 off of your tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off if you use a payment plan. And my love, don't forget, you have to use my name as a referral to get this epic discount. And just in case you forgot, my name is Sa De Simone. Hello, 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 my sweet loves. Oh my fucking goodness. I'm so excited for you. This new episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show is truly legendary, iconic, so fucking delicious. Oh my goodness. Today's guest is the non-binary photographer and model, Richie Shazam. Richie defies all labels and expectations. Born and raised in New York City, Richie can be seen shooting a campaign in the morning and walking the show later that day. As a true Renaissance woman, she's defining beauty standards by deconstructing antiquated notions of gender and sexual identity through photography, video, and performance. Making space for queer communities to feel valued and appreciated, Richie is ushering in a new era where the freedom and acceptance of all skin tones and genders is paramount. Richie exists outside of binaries, somewhere between fashion and art, and is inspiring a new generation to express themselves as pure individuals. Oh my fucking goodness, y'all, Spiritually Sassy community, welcome to a new episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show. We are here today with the legendary, iconic Richie Shazam, someone who I've been admiring for maybe a decade at this point, honey. Oh my goodness. Welcome to the show, honey. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here and thank you for taking the time to speak with me. And yes, we've been on a very long journey together. That's right. I always talk about like the power of the internet and the power of like just seeing people from afar that you feel so Mm -hmm. connected with. We like may not communicate. We may not, you know, have that like 
that rapport, but we see each other and the admiration is so real and so strong. Mm. So like for me, I been seeing all of the incredible work that you do and it's it's been so beautiful and poignant and I don't know so warm it's just so when something really brightens your day when we're in the sea of chaos Mm -hmm. and seeing you give all of this beautiful affirmation has been truly inspiring Mm, I love that thank you so much for saying this my love and truly same to you, babe. Truly, I feel like you have been living as a spiritually sassy warrior for as long as I've known of you. You know, really walking earth as a permission slip. Never, like truly living with this not giving a fuck attitude in the most like profound and, and educated and respectful way, but truly living as a solar awareness. Really bright, really powerful, really bold. Um, helping us all recognize that we all have that potential, especially us people of color, queer folks who are truly have been systemically oppressed, you know? So um, thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Yes. Yes. So first question, who are you right now? Who are you right now? Right now I am a, you know, you said such a beautiful word, like that term warrior. I feel like it, really gives me a lot of it energizes me mm-hmm. it gives me a lot of um a way of like encapsulating our histories and our current process of existing and i think that i'm genuinely just trying to make sense of everything i think that there's so much going on and i'm trying to remain present and not future trip and look to you know, hastily into the future. I'm trying to be in the moment, Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, Mm self-acceptance, love who I am, embrace who I am, but also treat myself with care Mm -hmm. and treat myself with um, a lot of love Mm -hmm. and giving myself a lot of the things that I I didn't really realize that I didn't have or didn't know how to receive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I I would say I'm on a warrior on a very spectacular ride on the spectrum of evolution trying to find myself mm-hmm. we never like truly stop wanting to discover who we are it's like my taste buds are constantly changing and mm-hmm. evolving mm-hmm. i love that i love that my taste buds are constantly changing and evolving that's such a um a deliberate byproduct of of evolution the way we see the world, the way we taste the world, the way we hear the world, the way we feel and think about the world radically changes. And being aware of those changes and 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 really celebrating that we are changing. Um, can I jump right into something that I, when I have someone so iconic like you in front of me, I have to ask, what was it like, the coming out process? Like, what, what was it like? How did Richard Shazam stand up and say, this is who I am and this is who I love? Thank you. Oh, wow. Um, No, it's a very, very important question. And I've always been very self-possessed with my identity. You know, I was very fortunate to grow up in New York City Mm -hmm. and come of age there. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, growing up in a very conservative West Indian household with, you know, parents who had very old school way of being and existing and following the status quo, Mm -hmm. you know, they're also their style of parenting was very 
fear-based and like disciplining and like you don't do something right you're going to get reprimanded so when you're kind of growing up with a lot of fear and anxiety um it isn't really conducive to like being your authentic self so a lot of masking and not being open about who I am or who I see myself as Mm -hmm. rather looking towards my chosen family and finding people that um, mirrored my own truths or didn't mirror them, but created safe space. And I think that that sort of happened in my like early teens Mm -hmm. when I became more rebellious and through school and being in the streets, really finding my voice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would have to say that my queerness, my feminist, my all of the beautiful things that I've had to sort of reprogram myself to love and accept, that's been something that I really found later in my years, obviously through a lot of struggle, a lot of hardship, like losing my mom as a teenager, like essentially losing my dad because of my queerness and my identity. And mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. when that nuclear biological family like takes itself away and like mm-hmm. you're left Mm-hmm. kind of fending for yourself and I I truly believe being an adult is one of the hardest things I mm-hmm. think that there isn't a rule book of existing as a queer adult mm-hmm. and especially a queer adult of mm-hmm. color mm. um, because it's like the means the understanding the being in a city like there's so many layers of unpacking repacking you know it like mm-hmm. never ends mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I would definitely say I started really stepping into my power, like in my early adulthood, like Mm -hmm. late teens, early adulthood, where Mm -hmm. I was really, after dealing with a lot of difficult, you know, losing people Mm -hmm. physically and metaphorically Mm -hmm. all sorts of way, you you kind of just like look in the mirror and you're like, I got to start really loving myself for who I am and because I only have one of me. Mm-hmm. There's only one mm-hmm. Richie on this earth. And mm-hmm. I um, I also, through the process of, like, getting sober in my early adulthood, like, so many other mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. Um, self mm-hmm. finding myself processes, mm-hmm. I was able to really step into my power mm-hmm. and realize that there's a lot that I want to do on this earth. Because, you know, the reality is that the statistics don't lie. Mm -hmm. It's like people like us, it's like, it's like I wasn't just, I didn't receive a golden ticket. I like had to go through the trenches of Mm -hmm. dealing with institutions that don't support me, that Mm -hmm. don't amplify my voice. Mm -hmm. And I am, I really do think it is a miracle that I'm here, that you're here, Mm -hmm. that we're walking in our power and we're doing the things that we want to do unapologetically, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. And still, I'm I'm still trying to make sense of all of the things that I um I had to sort of repress mm-hmm. or put away for survival. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that every day when I wake up, it does get a little bit better. It does get a little bit more like warmer mm-hmm. and less <laughs> less like. <laughs> like fear of like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to 
get by today because, you know, the more time you you step into your power, the more you're able to sort of find the solution and figure things out and mm-hmm. like find people and things that want to help you shine, want to mm-hmm. help you be who you are. And mm-hmm. I still have a lot of fear and anxiety that doesn't go away, but how I deal with that fear and anxiety has shifted. Mm, so beautiful. And Hanti, I got to tell you, you're like bringing me to tears, babe. Full body chills as you're, as you're giving the transmission for the queer community. Wow. And let me ask you something. When you speak about metaphorically uh, letting go of people, um, does it mean, does does forgiveness play a part in that letting go, that, that, that metaphorically letting go of people? Has forgiveness played a role in your life? I'm I'm learning how to forgive mm-hmm. and I'm learning not to because I don't want to carry hate in my heart or in my spirit. I um I want to understand where that person is. And specifically t- speaking of like familial trauma, I think so many of us queer folk of color, it's like we we know that it's genuinely it may just be the intersectionality of generations of culture like there's so many other things at play that's right and um you know the physical loss of my mother really impacted me because she was my like everything you know we were really really close and um you know she was really sick she was blind she had a lot of health issues and I was sort of her her eyes and her ears and her support and always helping her. So mm-hmm. I kind of grew up really, you know, in this caregiver position. And then as I got older, realizing, well, who's taking care of me and mm-hmm. how do I take care of myself? Mm-hmm. Because I'm actively being of service to like other people and forgetting how to be of service to myself. But I'm really happy that that was ingrained in me. Cause I think so many people do not know how to, love and help and be of service mm-hmm. and that's like really really important to me mm-hmm. um but I think the loss of my mom you know it made me fall into a really dark spiral of um the darkness the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the absolutely like the scary sides of the world mm-hmm. and I think that as a young queer person, you know, you fall into these things so easily because they're like meant to like wreck you and break you. Mm -hmm. And it just really sucks that as a society, we don't have more, there aren't more like cushiony support systems to like amplify us and to help us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by falling, I was really Mm -hmm. entering these Mm -hmm. different, you know, mm-hmm. arenas of my brain and my mm-hmm. spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was coming into my truth and, you know, things severed between my father and I, I I had to learn, like, why? You know, because we, we constantly demand a response and mm-hmm. we want to know, like, why mm-hmm. can't this work? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's my, like, heavily charged Aquarius brain where I'm like, I need this intellectualize all of this and just realizing no like you kind of just have to accept it because Mm -hmm. otherwise it's gonna break you and it's gonna like literally demolish you Mm -hmm. and once I like had to let go of that relationship and not 
put the strain on because it was eating me up inside. Mm-hmm. I started really walking in freedom. Mm. I was like, well, I'm kind of fending for myself at this point. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like, you know, financially taking care of myself at a young age, like working different jobs and like the hustle, 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 which is definitely a byproduct of having Caribbean parents who worked Monday to Sunday. Like Mm -hmm. that was ingrained in me from a very, very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think forgiveness has been a very big part of how I'm able to stand on my two feet today. Mm. And But that also goes to show that, like, recently I've been spending time with, like, my, the people in my life's, like, families, Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing, like, other family units, and I'm trying not to, like, compare and despair and being, like, why them and not, like, why not me? Mm -hmm. And then realizing that family comes in all different shapes and forms, and everyone has, like, their own experiences with, really intense tension and really crazy things and that's right and i'm in turn i'm being accepted by all of these people and like love and radical acceptance is like so cool and it can be done Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like we sometimes need these like reminders and these eye openers to like fill your soul a little because i definitely feel like a deficit of it like i feel the deficit of like the mommy energy and the daddy energy. Mm-hmm. And the, um, mm-hmm. For instance, my best friend, she's my, my sister, my, my everything. Mm-hmm. She just had a baby. And like, I've been in LA with her and her baby. And it's been like truly one of the most spectacular experiences and energy mm-hmm. exchanges where it's like, we're all here, like millennials trying to like figure out. Like, <laughs> And it's like, it's really cool. And I'm an adrenaline junkie. Like I like, I'm like, go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. And for something to really stop you in your tracks and seeing this like cyclical, like, you know, we're talking about loss, but then in the same stream, we're talking about rebirth, like mm-hmm. birthing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's like an opportunity to like raise the next wave of like babies and generations of acceptance and love and like Mm -hmm. looking at like what why difference is so beautiful and impactful and Mm. powerful and necessary Mm. Mm. go off on that thing about difference and i do want to just ping back to the to the sober journey because i found church and liberation in drugs and alcohol in the clubs, in the bars, at the really late night, in a bathroom with a random stranger, you know, high out of my mind, that's where I found liberation as a, as a young queer person. And when I was actually in LA in my, in like my 19, 20, 21, and then later on, it got really intensified back in, in New York as well. Um, but I do want you to talk about, about how different like the importance of, of differences and how beautiful that is. But then I just want you to, to, to go into the sober journey as queer people. I think it's important for us to always address these inner demons and how, um, you know, drugs and alcohol have been part of, have been liberatory to a degree. I think in that journey of trying to find safety and trying to find ourselves, we get, we got lost, we got entrapped in it. But mm-hmm. I definitely think, 
the liberation was on the dance floor. Mm. You know, the hedonism, the lights, the mm-hmm. the music, like those things were also very potent markers of like my artistry. Like I really, I didn't know it then because at that moment I was so caught up in like, you know, the men, mm-hmm. the drugs, the alcohol, like mm-hmm. literally and like, how do you even cultivate real relationships? You know, mm-hmm. because at the, also at that point, I didn't have a template of living or existing. There were no other queer people of color for me to like idolize growing up. You know, I was completely creating and cultivating my own channel. Mm-hmm. You know, so like those trials and tribulations were necessary. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's like you all, there's so many people around me that I also grew with that aren't here anymore. You know, there were a lot of loss mm-hmm. of growing up in New York because the drugs and the alcohol took them away mm-hmm. and like they were so in the depths of their struggle. So it's like I'm being impacted by that as well. And I um, I think it was also really seeking love in all the wrong places and mm-hmm. also just like trying to find that warmth wherever I could get it. Because I was so scared and like, you know, you you don't know what to do with yourself. You're kind of like off to the races and you you make really scary decisions when you don't have anyone to really guide you and you're 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 broken, you know, and I was definitely not able or equipped to deal with the traumas that at that point were so loud in my brain Mm -hmm. and I wanted anything to numb it Mm -hmm. and I was willing to go to any lengths to get it Mm -hmm. you know because at the end of the day like this girl likes to party she likes to feel it she likes to you know get lost in it all because there's such a bliss and euphoria and like these numbing agents that you just can't get any other way and you will go to the darkest corners <laughs> to find them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that I'm really, really grateful to be here and to like live in my truth. And mm-hmm. I think those moments are important to relook at, to reprocess, mm-hmm. to re-examine. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever try to put a pause on them and like, oh, erase them out of my story because mm-hmm. I learned so much about myself and Mm -hmm. I think the true, you know, the liberation on the dance floor to like the liberation of the mind, it was like all a part of this journey Mm -hmm. and it, um, I wouldn't take it away for the world. Like I'm so grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think, um, do you have a certain practice or a certain, um, you know, things that you do regularly that you're able to tap into that euphoria now without the substance and without the being on the edge and without all the, all that, you know, what we've lived through uh, in those early days in New York city, like what Um, brings you to that space of like inner euphoria? My inner euphoria, I think is, built upon being of service. Mm. Um, Say it, honey. Mm, mm, mm. Being, being able to, you know, listen mm. and ex- engage and exchange um, with the people that I love, but also anyone who's in the struggle, you know, because I think that 
the higher goddess force has put me on this earth to like be a intermediary between people and to like exchange ideas. Like my truth is built on, you know, I'm here to be a harmonizing tool. You know, I'm constantly met with people who don't have the same ideas as me or lifestyles or identities and are very different, but they see me and they, they're questioning everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're literally questioning their whole life by like looking at me, talking to me, you know, looking at my Instagram, whatever it may be. And, you know, when you, when you're constantly being, you know, judged and scrutinized, it's kind of like you realize you can do anything, you know, like nothing can stop you. And I want to be a vessel to, for people to learn. And yeah, when I started really accepting that, I kind of like let go of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And my, um, my practice is also, you know, I start most of my days on my phone. I'll be looking and listening to your affirming videos and I'll literally, my best friend and I'd be like, send them to each other back and forth. We're just like, just so heavily, our brains are just like, we need to like hear it. And you have a way of like shaking our systems and we're like, wow, this is so powerful and needed. Mm. And it's, I also think our brains are so hardwired to like our phones, our computers. And so when I can have like moments of reprieve Mm -hmm. where like even coming on this trip to Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. I've just been resting and taking a pause. Like I haven't even been like posting on Instagram or like, Mm -hmm. you know, I have like a show to promote, but I'm just like, I need a me moment to like be with my, my family and like Mm -hmm. us, cooking meals and playing with the baby and like, mm-hmm. you know, just having each other because the rat race of the city was like eating me up mm-hmm. and just having that moment to like rest and be in such the euphoria of love and mm-hmm. family. Like I feel really fortunate to have that today. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a little bit more about my practice. I am, um, I'm constantly also reaching out to people and like communicating if I'm not feeling well. I never truly like to, cause I'm like a monster, like a monster master repressor. And I like to bottle things up and like put them away for another day. And I've learned that it is not <laughs> healthy and it will eat you up inside because you know, we're, Mm-hmm. We're instinct. We have instinctual trigger things in our bodies and our minds. So, like, I will see something and something in me will break. I will be like, "Oh my god, mm. jolted!" Mm-hmm. And if I don't communicate with people, like, "Hey, like, I, I need to talk this through." That's right. I'm, very, I'm also like very open book. Like, mm-hmm. if you're in my life, I'm giving you everything, all of it. Like, be ready. You know, me and my girls, we're all very much like mm-hmm. in our truths. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if something's popping off in our brains, we're like, yo, I need to talk. Some real shit's going down. Like, listen to me. And, you know, that's how we're of service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've all are living in it. And I think as we're 
entering into our 30s and it's like a different arena as well. That's right. I feel like obviously pandemic, it's like a whole year just went into like. Yeah, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. what the hell like is happening? But I'm grateful for the pandemic because it illuminated a lot of truths that I needed to see. Mm. How we as people look and treat one another. And, you know, for us entering this new decade and figuring it out, I Mm -hmm. think that I want to continue to be of service and to be of light and to live in light Mm -hmm. and help people. Cause like the world is like crying and it's like, it's suffering. And like, Mm -hmm. if you're in my world, I want to like give you joy. I want to give you like, you know, a means to like be yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, so many of the times we're putting on armor and shields and we're trying to like mask a lot of things. And as we've learned in the past year, if you cannot exist in that way, like that way does not work. Like, mm-hmm. cause the reality is that we collectively were crumbling. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we need to talk on it. We need to speak on it and mm-hmm. like help one another and find the services. It's like healing work. I started therapy through this app and it's mm-hmm. like, I, I've been trying to like speak with a therapist once a week and like I go to different meetings and mm-hmm. constantly that energy transference, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. let's all harmonize in this way. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, if you're not actively going through, you probably mm-hmm. have been through it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. what, you know, like, let's revisit it, you know, because it's it's always going to be there. It's always going to be sitting in us because it's like, I'm still dealing with that repressed trauma of like 15, being 15 and being abandoned. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's, that is my go-to, my go-to mental state with my partner. Mm-hmm. You know, I have like crazy abandonment, like mm-hmm. what's going on? Mm-hmm. But Mm-hmm. learning that I can rewrite that mm-hmm. and speak on it and not, you know, mm-hmm. people aren't magically going to like understand everything. You need to like, in you know, in your own way with true vulnerability, letting people in and letting them understand, you know, all of the different walks of life that you've experienced. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 15 year old me is not the current me. Mm-hmm. He's, he's there, but Mm-hmm. She looks a lot different. Mm-hmm. And she she had a whole different deck of cards, mm-hmm. a whole different deck of cards to play with. That's right. And, um, I love her. She's still there, and I I give her a hug every day, and I'm like, it's okay. But I got you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Um, Look how far I've come, bitch. I'm fucking doing this shit. I'm thriving, standing in my power, helping so many people. Period, and it's. And I never, I never could have imagined that I would be doing what I'm doing now. But, mm-hmm. you know, our higher power goddesses are walking us through, walking through the fear and the anxiety and, you know, teaching us how to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that for me is like really, really, really powerful and important. Babe, talk to us about your your new show, Shine True. 
Tell us mm. all about this visionary look, honey. Oh my goodness. Um, well, Shine True is a docuseries that celebrates trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming folk. Mm-hmm. We shot the docuseries during the pandemic, and it was three months on the road. We traveled all across North America, mm. and we highlighted the stories of eight beautiful, incredible, spirited individuals that, you know, were all individuals of color, all really trying to walk through their dysphoria, walk through their anxieties. And, you know, my co-host Lucas and I served as mentors, Mm -hmm. really being queer family that Mm -hmm. sprinkle queer magic in their lives and help them to speak about their dysphoria, speak about their anxieties, and for them not to feel alone. Mm -hmm. Really, you know, taking this makeover series and doing a 180 where it's not built on perfectionism or looking a certain way to be accepted by society and like that you need to look this way in order to be a success mm-hmm. because I think that that is a very stale and archaic way of existing and it's not truth mm-hmm. um the real truth and the real power is that transformation within and internally and building that self-esteem and that confidence and I think that for me my chosen family are truly the reasons why I'm here today mm-hmm. you know and like the the power of our show is that you know we're all leaders where it's so important for us to have this queer representation on in media but mm-hmm. also tangibly creating these channels for young and old all generations of queer people to know that we're here Mm -hmm. you know as we're traveling around north america it's like there's queer people in every nook and cranny of the u.s and in canada and that's so beautiful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you know obviously we're we're in the age of the internet and we can easily mood board an entire identity but unless you can go to someone and have these tangible visceral dialogues where you're like hey i'm feeling this way like I don't really know how to walk through this. It is one of the most beautiful things. And I think our show is also, um, it's really impactful because we're also learning about queer fantasy, learning Mm. about queer truths and learning about the queer imagination. And because so much of the media representation of us is always so harrowing and it's always so dark and riddled and like, disease, Mm -hmm. death, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. all of these really numbing things. And it's like, I grew so sick and tired of that. I'm like, we are the true trailblazers of everything in our world, you know, from arts, politics, Mm -hmm. decision-making, like Mm -hmm. we are, we are the ones. And I want all generations of queer and cis people to see that and to realize that. And also, humanize us Mm -hmm. and for young people that are watching our shows it's like it's um it's really vital for them not to feel 
you know, separate and different. Rather, there's so many other people going through similar things. And each episode is so different from the other one. Like they're all, they're all different stories, which Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it also breaks that antiquated, like white androgynous idea of like the media loves to paint us. Mm -hmm. And I grew really, I just grew really numb to that. I was like, Oh, like it's so blase and so boring. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's a look. She's fantasy. Like, I grew up with her, but I was like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And I um, I wanted to really show how beautiful it is when we all come together as a community and as a collective to mm-hmm. amplify our voices. And, you know, we do, we do these, like, quote-unquote makeovers, which really is us just listening to our subjects and being like, Let's experiment. Mm-hmm. Let's find a work for us. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do something that we've always wanted to do, but we were too scared to do it mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. And we do like makeup tutorials. We do gender affirming haircuts. We mm-hmm. talk about, what is it? We talk about like different silhouettes and talking about colors and mm-hmm. how to like de-gender all of these things. Like how do we just fuck it up mm-hmm. and we just make it our own? Mm. also we're just trying to make fashion accessible Mm -hmm. because i think fashion can be very hierarchical and very you know not not it may seem not for everyone that's right we're walking through a lot of um how do we break down a lot of these institutions and there's a lot of fear and anxiety of like entering these department stores where everything is gendered and it's like you know exactly also during the pandemic it's like you know we're trying to buy things online and like understanding like what works what doesn't work it's like how do we make it more fun and Mm -hmm. make it more more of an experience that you know I don't care what anyone thinks about me I just want to be me and I'm learning to love myself exactly for who I am where I am today and it's okay because I'm still evolving Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because the person I was yesterday isn't the person I am today Mm -hmm. or isn't going to be the person that I am in a few days Mm -hmm. you know it's we're on this spectrum of constantly discovering new things about ourselves Mm -hmm. and I think it's it's just been such a beautiful process of radical acceptance radical vulnerability every week when those episodes debut I'm literally like looking at myself in this weird way because I'm also going through my own dysphoria Mm -hmm. I'm going through my dysphoria of like my voice seeing myself because I grew so accustomed to just being a master of like photos and taking a photo but when you're talking so vulnerably and openly to people on television. It's like, I'm trying to like create safe space mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Well, as your mentor, it's like, if I can do it, you can do it too. That's right. And so that was definitely an interesting mm-hmm. sensation. Mm-hmm. I want to just share one thing about, I sometimes go into get like a workout clothes at like Lululemon and I immediately go in and go straight into the women's section and then the person there is like, hi, can I help you to anything? 
And it's usually like a cis straight white person greeting me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I'm fine. And then a few minutes later, like I'm, I'm actually like needing of help because I want this in a different size, whatever. And then sometimes these motherfuckers go out to the men's section and bring me something back. And I'm like, bitch, you see me right here. This is where I'm shopping. Stay in your lane. Either, either merge with my lane and help me out or stay in your lane. You know, and this kind of gendered, uh, you spoke about the anxiety of going to shopping, to, to, to uh, places to buy clothes. It's, I, I feel like that's something that's so not spoken of enough outside of our community of what, mm-hmm. what it's like inside of ourselves when we're going shopping, when we're going to, to express ourselves with clothes. Um, so I love that you brought this up. I think it's in those moments, it can be so dehumanizing and it, it breaks our spirit because we're, you know, it's the reality is that these institutions have to play catch up and they have to genuinely reprogram themselves from the inside out Mm -hmm. because it's like, you know, also when you're, when you're entering these stores and they're, they're so built upon gender and like gendering us with like the salutations, like, hello, miss hello mm-hmm. miss you know mm-hmm. sir and mm-hmm. it's like it's so like it can break you in like 2.5 seconds mm-hmm. it's like why can't they just be like hello friend welcome because at the end of the day they want our money mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like they want us to spend coin there mm-hmm. and it's like you're when i walk in you break me in half and i'm literally like i don't even want to be here anymore because i feel like i can't even be who i want to be Mm-hmm. Everything is so built upon how you see me. Mm-hmm. Rather, it's not, I, I don't even have time to like re-envision who I want to be. Speak, honey. You don't even give me that agency. I lose myself so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I'm left feeling like, okay, now I can't even get my cute, comfortable workout gear. That's right. And now like, I got to do a whole restart. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what like, happens to me is oftentimes I actually go into these stores. I bring a whole entourage, you know, I bring a whole crew with me because we are here. We are creating safe space together. And, and if I'm there alone, I'm usually like FaceTime with the support system. You know, and people don't know these these parts of my story. They don't know these parts. I'm actually like, getting emotional just thinking about it because it's it's a very real thing that we experience at every single motherfucking store that we enter into. <sighs> enough. I'm just going to enough for that for now, Point, putting that out there. And everyone who's listening who works at a store, who has access to change these these uh, binary approaches to close uh, and, and, and to start to really relearn, I mean, Unlearn the old ways, decolonize your 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 old ways, and 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 bring bring in queer folks like Richie uh, to educate your staff, to educate your brand, to educate your the way that you should be designing clothes for 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 the new world. Um, so yes, I hope that this conversation is really like illuminating how so many aspects of a society makes us feel deeply unsafe. And really mm-hmm. is a is is conversations like this, not being able to shop in the women's section at Lululemon. Uh, it's not that I can't because, bitch, I'm a fucking fierce bitch. I'm going to shop wherever the fuck I want. But imagine that young version of ourselves who would walk mm-hmm. into the store and feel super wobbly because of all these other people there who are who 
are so, uh, they haven't questioned their, their gender identity at all. They're so living out the societal conditioning uh, that they look at us who are questioning, who are breaking it all down, who are there, standing ground, two feet on the floor, like a boss bitch. And that kind of exchange, that kind of nonverbal exchange that happens is very violent to the queer spirit, you know? And then when you, when you walk up there, um, I mean, there's just so many aspects to this that we really do need to be decolonizing um, and inviting a completely new style of communication in order for queer folks to be safe at every motherfucking place, period. Absolutely. It's, it's so important. And, you know, constantly thinking about the younger version of myself, you know, and I think that that is like so beautiful because I look at the younger generations that are coming up and I'm like, you know, they have all this access to like the internet and like mm. all of these things. And I'm like, wow, like I've been through so many trials and tribulations to get to where I am. And like, it's like, it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It's like only continuing, but being mindful of that mm-hmm. and working on decolonizing all mm-hmm. of these spaces. Mm-hmm. And with these corporations, I think, taking the time to listen to Mm -hmm. us and to embrace us and understand how to make us feel welcomed and not break us when we're entering these spaces is like so vital. And we're, we possess, I like to think that we possess a kind of strength that no one else has Mm -hmm. because we are constantly bombarded with all of this. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. It's like this beyond mysticism of Mm -hmm. like dealing and coping. And I am in those moments. I just want to also just enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. I want to like walk in and like, you know, buy what I want to buy, feel it, Mm -hmm. throw my cash, throw my card, Mm -hmm. get my Apple pay on, Mm -hmm. feel it out and like, keep it moving. You know, Mm -hmm. why does it have to be this like, arduous task mm-hmm. that leaves you feeling so numb mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I also have a lot of these conversations with you know designers that I work with and you know things that I I'm so fortunate to be a part of I'm like how do we like especially in like other markets with you know designers in Europe it's mm-hmm. like how do we make this more inclusive mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm having these conversations where we're not just used as um, to fill your diversity quota, rather. Tokenizing us. Absolutely. To be the token. Mm -hmm. How do we become a part of, you know, Mm -hmm. the boardroom and making the decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm a multi-dimensional faceted talent that can bring a lot to, your business, but also my ideas are out of this world, you know, like I can really mm-hmm. help to re-examine how you do all of this. Mm-hmm. And that's also me stepping into my own power of, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be making bigger decisions that impact society mm-hmm. in a more holistic, mm-hmm. safer way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. And I say this often to people when you speak about like queer magic and, and, and queer people being like beyond mysticism. I often say that if you are not getting to know queer folks of color, my darling, my sweet love, you're not going to be able to taste the full nectar of enlightenment because you haven't experienced the extent of the trauma of queer folks. 
And, and unfortunately, and fortunately, queer people of color have experienced some of the most traumatizing walks in this world. So if you want to taste the full nectar of life, if you want to taste the full nectar of enlightenment, the full nectar of this inner euphoria that lives at the base of your being, you have to go get educated uh, with queer people of color in such a way that you get broken down in such a profound way, your empathy for them then turns into fierce compassion. Then you know the right antidote to help. You know, but you can't just go through life being like, oh, I listened to this one podcast. That's cute. No, honey, go watch Richie's show. Go follow their Instagram. Go, go really become educated. Follow up, check in. How can I support? But be, do your best ever to be educated, to put yourself out there. One, one thing I say to my students all the time, if you're a straight, white, cis, cis person and you are on a spiritual path, ask yourself, when was the last time you actually went to a homeless shelter that's queer only? Or what was the last time you went to a, a, a homeless shelter uh, that was black queer and you spent a whole afternoon there? Because if you're not doing that, sorry, sis, sorry, sweet love, sorry, beloved, you're not getting free. You're getting, you're becoming entertained with spirituality, but you're not becoming liberated. So mm. unless you're really putting yourself out there in this really, in this way, outside of your comfort zone, then baby, my love, my darling, I'm sorry, but you're just entertaining yourself and your liberation is not taking place. Sorry. Mm. And period, period, you know? Um, I want to ask you something about the show. What was the moment in the show that brought you to your knees that sort of was like so humbling um, and really like, holy, <gasps> like that moment? Um, I actually had a lot of those moments. <laughs> I was waiting I for this think, answer. Mm. I think, well, I believe that there was one participant, their name was, is Ronnie mm -hmm. and Ronnie literally was like looking in the mirror. It was, you know, they grew up with like similar backgrounds, similar like family structures and um, they, they looked at me with these like really big eyes. They were like, uh, and I was like looking at them and I was like, this is so trippy because, you know, if I had this growing up, it would be a wrap. You know what I mean? Be like, oh, this is possible. But the way they looked at me and us connecting and communicating, that was something that just filled me with so much joy. And um, I think every day when I was also going through my own growth and really walking into my non-binariness, mm -hmm. my transness, mm -hmm. really walking into a lot of the the depths of my identity that only the show could have helped me do so because, you know, my entire crew was queer, mm -hmm. my director, queer, my co-host, queer, like all of us just being in the same family, mm. creating the safe space. Was I able to really walk into my the power of my identity and what that looks like. Mm. And um, yeah, Ronnie really, that was like a sensation that I'd never felt before. Mm -hmm. And that really rawness and vulnerability and like talking about, you know, our cultures, talking about being first generation and like walking in this world and like the fear of like wearing dresses in public mm -hmm. and all of these things that, 
it was like, wow, like I'm not doing this alone. I'm doing this with like people that look like myself mm-hmm. and also seeing how supportive their families were of them. That for me was, gave me hope and was very promising. And I was like, you know, our, no two stories are the same. It's like, wow, like their family showed up for them and met them where they are in their journeys. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me like, it almost, it was so healing because you are able to like see what that unconditional radical acceptance looks like. And you're like, wow, mm-hmm. this is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it helps with my own forgiveness mm-hmm. of like my father, of like my own internal troubles and pain and hatred mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like we're walking through all of those mm-hmm. those steps mm-hmm. in like trying to figure out like how how am I here like how did I get here mm-hmm. but like you know realizing and reckoning these inner voices and like it worked in silencing them a little bit and being like oh okay like anything is possible and there's like so much love and so much um, empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, you know, I constantly, I have these moments a lot, actually, like with the show and just in like the mm-hmm. world itself. Like, I think I have all of these examples in my life of people that just show up and like give so much of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the fact that you're signed with IMG, bitch. What's the look, honey? Oh, my God. If you don't work in fashion, let me just give it to you. IMG is the ultimate place. Like, it is a sassy bitch of me to say that out loud, but, like, this is literally <laughs> it's the ultimate modern agency in the motherfucking planet Earth. Um, it's the most iconic supermodels that have ever walked everywhere. They are with IMG. It's a very casual look, darling. It's very casual. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's, um, Thank God for you, babe. I can't like tell you enough. Like you're paving the path, like for all of us. You know, for the ah, oh, yes, rip, go. You know, I do. I like to think I do everything casually, but as you know, it has not been casual. It's been been a fucking roller coaster and I've been working and I've been hitting the pavement. You know, I've been stomping in my heels for over a decade, like Mm -hmm. hustling, grinding and, you know, treating people with like love and Mm -hmm. empathy and compassion and being positive and it pays off, you know, it's like you treat people with respect and you demand respect, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I work my, I work really hard and it's like, I want to be treated like my peers. Mm -hmm. And IMG has really opened doors for me. They've like opened me fully, like welcome Richie. And Mm -hmm. they've been really accepting and kind and wanting to amplify my story and amplify the work that I do and the work that I want to do. And I think that, you know, we are doing this for the future generations. So their paths are a bit easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, if I can do it, you can do it too. And I think visually what this represents is like 
such a step in the right direction. And I think that it's a lot of progress. And the reality is that there's still so much work to be done. And it's, you know, we're constantly, I'm still like trying to make sense of the work I do. And, you know, I I like to do things without categorization. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't want to be like, you know, Richie X, Y, Z, you know, it's like, no, it's like Richie, the multidimensional, multifaceted. It's like, don't put me with these hardcore labels, these hardcore boxes. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm just trying to thrive. I'm just trying to make sense of it. And I'm also, I'm not like a fixed being, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that there are no limits. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a new sensation Mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah, my platform is, talking about identity, but it's like, I'm also so much more than that. I'm an, I'm an artist, I'm a creative, I'm a, you know, I have like a very large imagination that I want to, my lens is very specific, mm-hmm. not specific, it's very wide, but mm-hmm. it's, it's very like, um, it can be used in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that having IMG support behind me will help make make even more of my dreams come true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you living out your dreams, it's its literally paving the path, as, a, as I said and when we first started, as a permission slip for, for that's possible for us. You know, that's possible for us. Listen, babe, we're coming up to the last few questions. I want to ask you something. Um, what was the last time you felt overwhelmed by, like, depression? And what did you do to get out of it? Um, you know, I think a really big depression was during COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, We can all relate. I think it was Mm. being at home, Mm -hmm. left my own devices, and I wasn't able to activate in the same way that I needed to, or at least I thought I needed to. To like exist mm-hmm. and like work, 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 mm-hmm. and you know, be out in the world every day, like feeling my oats, feeling my power. Mm-hmm. And the depression hit because I had to look in the mirror, and that was a very hardcore experience. And then my show got green lit during the pandemic, and it it was like a complete one eighty. And um, I've I've been dealing with depression like forever, you know, I feel like it's a, at this point, it's just like, it's just like hardwired in me. Mm. And I think that um, how I, how I deal with like getting out of the depression is speaking on it and speaking up and, you know, um, not letting it, take over my my brain because it can really change my energy like so like 180 like I'll be like smiling and glowing but really like crumbling inside mm-hmm. and I'm just like ooh like it's a lot mm-hmm. and I don't I can't really play with that duality like that duality I don't have the energy to do it anymore mm-hmm. so the unmasking and being really transparent about those feelings and speaking on it and like finding the people that I feel comfortable speaking about it because mm-hmm. I want to feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't like feel comfortable speaking about it to just whomever like really find. I think it's very, very important to find people you feel comfortable that, you know, don't feel like we'll judge you or you feel just, you can just really like 
let it rain, like pour it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been very impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think COVID just illuminated so many truths of our world, you know, with the BLM movement, with all of the attention to all of the trans lives that were being lost mm-hmm. and like just so many things that having to exist and live in this world, like it coming to the surface. Mm-hmm. I think it, it was just a really, really, really hard couple of months and then taking action, being of service. That was like the only way I could really cope mm-hmm. and deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being a part of shine true has really helped me to, make sense of my own story, mm-hmm. make things a little bit more tangible. And it's really helped me to, um, to become more at peace with myself mm. and the person that I, I am and the person that I want to be. And I want to continue to create more programming like this, mm-hmm. you know, still selling the fantasy, still selling the, the map, the mysticism and the magic Mm -hmm. and, you know, letting the girls dream, Mm -hmm. you know, let us reach for the stars and show us like we can do anything. And we do it with dignity. We do it with grace. We do it with poise. And we, we are the blueprint. We are the DNA of everything. You know, it's like, because we, through our struggle, we have to really go through the most and it's like, at this point, it's like, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm unstoppable. Mm-hmm. No one's going to stop me. That's right. That's right. Fucking epic. Oh, my God. Top thing that makes it feel sexy and magnetic. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm like, really obsessed with, like, with makeup. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been, like, I've been, like, really in it with, like, painting my face and, like, creating like the illusions mm-hmm. you know because it's like with makeup it's like you can like cosplay you can really get into like different moments and feelings and I never thought that I would really be like a makeup queen but it's something that's really helped me to feel powerful and I think that it's one of the many things that I think that helps me feel super sexy and vivacious but you know, I love pulling a look. I love, I love like, you know, feeling like a, feeling like a, a working girl, you know, like that's me like all day, like more skin, the better. I'm like showing it all out. I'm like, we, we got this body, feel her out, show it to the world. <laughs> yes. You yes. know, doing it with taste, mm-hmm. but still feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that, also just feeling that internal sexiness, mm-hmm. you know, really feeling like I'm doing all of this work, but like really loving the body that I'm in. Because mm-hmm. for so long, I was like disassociated from it. And I think that our bodies are temples. And the more that I, I step into all of the beautiful intricacies of my body and my mind, the more I can be of service and the more that I can, you know, feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Ah, 
God, babe, you're such a visionary. I'm like so profoundly grateful for your magic. Oh my God. Last question. I'm involving the community to help me define what it means to be spiritually sassy. What does it mean to you to be spiritually sassy? Being spiritually sassy is constantly affirming oneself even through the darkest of hours. I think it's you know, finding that internal central state of peace. Mm. I think that for so long, it's like, I love chaos. I will always be a chaser of (laughs) the more chaos, the better. But I think, you know, that organized chaos, how can we find find that space that works for us Mm -hmm. and really spending that time to listen, Mm -hmm. to soothe Mm -hmm. and coming to terms with that 15 year old self. How do we hug that child inside of us that's been abandoned, been broken, Mm -hmm. been left to the wolves. And I think that being spiritually sassy is being a thousand percent yourself, mm-hmm. even through all the odds and adversities. Mm-hmm. Don't ever let anyone break you down and tell you you can't be who you want to be. Because at the end of the day, we there's only we're only one of ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like there's no other you. Mm-hmm. So love yourself for who you are and come to terms with that person and love them, embrace them, soothe them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. And I love what you said, like you're, you're just seeking the chaos from this, that place of inner peace, right? Can I be in these really, really heightened experiences, the really turbulent circumstances while remaining in a fucking look? And I'm not only talking about the external vision fantasy, but I'm talking about this internal we call it in Buddhist philosophy, equanimity, this internal mm. state of psychological instability. Can I look at chaos from a harmonious place? Could I see ugliness, but, but perceive as beauty? You know, could, mm. I, could I see the world through the eyes of love? Could I hear the world through the sound of love? Could I taste the world through the taste of love? No matter what it is that I'm tasting, could I always like be the alchemizer? The, mm. the queer alchemist who's in these really troublesome experiences, but still being able to dismantle um, and decolonize our own minds and our own conditioning so much so that we're able to, to uh, perceive everything and see everything through that, through that really relaxed state, through that open heart space, right? Um, I love that. I relate. I can relate 100%. <laughs> Oh, honey, thank you so much for spending this hour with me and sharing so beautifully. You're so poetic. Oh, my God. You're like living poetry, babe. Jesus fucking Christ. I love love you so much. And I'm so grateful that we were able to have this moment. And I hope that we have even more moments to come. And I think that, you know, just starting our day with this has like made me feel so happy and overjoyed. And I think it's it's just so beautiful when, you know, we can all come together and like be of service and really, you know, listen and exchange. And I think that that's what makes our our world so beautiful. And that's how we create harmony mm-hmm. is just taking the time to listen, mm-hmm. exchange, 
feel it. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you, babe? Where can people find the show, all the amazing things you're doing? And and, and do yourself a favor, honey. Put Richard Shazam on Google and, and give yourself the full fantasy, honey. Just yes, take in honey. all the beauty because it's transcendental <laughs> beauty. It's legit like some things that you're, it will literally awaken parts of your mind that are desperate to be awake. Yes. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Richie Shazam and Shine True is available on Fuse Networks in the USA. It's, um, it debuts every Monday at 10 p.m. Our season finale is actually this Monday. Um, and then if you're in Canada, it's available on Out TV and hopefully our show will be available on streaming services after it's run on both networks, which I will definitely let you all know on Instagram. And also I'm going to be launching a print drive of my photographs to raise money for trans women in India that are grappling with COVID. I am, I want to, help them and you know it's covid is nowhere from ending um this will continue to be with us and hurt us and i think that it's very important to amplify the voices that aren't seen and aren't heard and i will be providing these prints soon on my instagram so please check them out Give us, give us, let's talk about this, uh, about it after, off the record, because I would love to activate the community with this. This would be fucking legendary. And bitch, I want to print honey for my house. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank God for you. Thank you for being here. Truly so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, my love.